Good morning. I'm glad to welcome you to a new Sunday School class for the Adult Sunday School. It is following after the theme of our congregation for this year, the 2020 theme of Grace to Run the Race, a theme of discipling or growing in grace in the Christian life. And I'm going to interact a lot with a book by Sinclair Ferguson titled Devoted to God's Church, Core Values for Christian Fellowship. So by way of introduction today, I want to answer the question, why study the church? As we seek to grow in grace in our Christian life, the church plays a fundamental role. This series will follow the chapter headings of Ferguson's book, and uh, the, the following summary of the book fits my interests and purpose well. Ferguson says this, Being a Christian is not an individualistic or isolated activity. Believing also involves belonging. Being a Christian by definition involves belonging to the church. Let me say that again. Believing also involves belonging. So this study of the uh, the church, following that theme of devoted to God's church, It will serve to help new Christians understand what it is to be a part of the church. It will also serve as a refreshing reminder to every Christian, whether new or mature, of what it should look like to belong to the family of God. So in answering that question, why study the church, I have on the outline that I provided for you, the printed outline, I have three headings that I would like to go over. The first I've titled Private Means of Grace versus Public Means of Grace. I hope you understand what I mean when I use the term means of grace. Those are the instruments that God uses to help us to grow in our faith and in our following after him. And when we talk about the means of grace, we often divide them up into these two categories, private means and public means. Private means of grace include the reading of the Bible, uh, prayer, and uh, uh, sometimes uh, interacting, or, or uh, we might talk about fellowship and a, and a uh, with a small f type of uh, fellowship. And at public, we think of the word sacrament and prayers as as the means that we join together in as a congregation. And when I uh, when I think about why studying the church, I also would identify that there has become something of an overemphasis of the private means of grace as opposed to the public means of grace. This could flow from a number of different things. I would observe that the U.S. culture is fiercely individualistic in general. We often will uh, will get our nose bent out of shape if someone tries to restrict my freedoms. Don't tell me what to do would be a response that would often happen in this case. And that fierce individualism can be applied to faith as well. There comes to be an emphasis on the personal relationship with Jesus, which is a good thing. Everyone 
must have a personal relationship with Jesus for salvation. That is absolutely necessary, and it's good to use the private means of grace. We encourage and we anticipate discipling and providing opportunities for you in this coming year to grow in your understanding of reading the Bible, of prayer, of leading your family and devotions, things like that, things that would be private means of grace. But the individualistic emphasis on a personal relationship with Christ can be to the exclusion of the church or an exclusion of the public means of grace. And this is a bad emphasis and a bad, uh, bad fruit of the individualistic society in which we live. Uh, let me elaborate just a little bit. A high view of the private means of grace is, is something that, that is good, but some come to the conclusion that they can be fully nurtured in their faith or even better nurtured just by those private means. In fact, I have had a conversation with, uh, with a, a certain individual who said that, uh, that he would uh, he finds much more benefit by walking in the woods on a Sunday morning, reading, praying, singing, communing with God and nature, than by going to church. And again, remember, reading the Bible, prayer, singing, those are all good, healthy things that a Christian will do. But to do that, an exclusion of the public means of grace gets you out of focus and out of balance. To counter this exclusive nature or exclusive emphasis on the private means of grace, we will consider what the Bible says about the public means of grace. We will consider about what the Bible says about the importance of the concept that believing also involves belonging and necessarily involves belonging. So we're going to read several scriptures that will describe this. We'll start with Acts 2:42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now there's a lot in this passage and a lot of important aspects that uh, that come through that identify doctrine, fellowship, uh, uh, and, and prayers, those private means of grace and uh, interesting questions that rise up around those. But for today, I want you to notice that they continued in these things and they continued in, in a corporate fashion in pursuing the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, uh, and prayers and whether or not breaking of bread is a sacramental aspect. It's at least a, uh, an emphasis on fellowship. And again, what I'm saying is that I'm underlining the corporate aspect of how the, the New Testament church was blessed by the fellowship that they had together, by the study that they had together. They were blessed by their participation in the corporate church, in the institution of the church, in the and the, and the teaching and fellowship, the, the togetherness of the church. 
This comes through in Colossians 3.16 as well, Colossians 3.16. This says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Once more, much could be said about this verse, about the the use of God's word in, in our singing, but... For my purpose today, let me underline the one another aspect that the word of Christ dwells in us richly, corporately, as we as a body of believers, let that word of Christ dwell in us as we sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Speaking about an aspect of the public worship of God and that public means of grace. This is to balance out that overemphasis on individualism or on the private means of grace. One other passage that I'll refer to, we won't read it today. Um, We'll read just one verse of this, but you could read all of 1 Kings chapter 8. This is Solomon's dedication of the temple, and it provides us an example of public prayer that takes place within the congregation. It says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. The passage goes on then to relate Solomon's prayer. And I'll note here the public nature of prayer. There are other wonderful passages and in discipleship we Look forward to considering the the private aspect of prayer and the blessing of going into your own closet, so to speak, and praying individually to the Lord our God. But there is also a public nature of prayer. And if you read through Solomon's prayer, you'll get a rich sense of that idea of honoring the Lord, of confessing sin, of asking God for direction and provision in the years to come. So just to summarize this first introductory point, the private means of grace versus the public means, I hope to encourage you to grow in grace through all of the means that God has provided. I I hope in this coming year that discipleship would include both this private means as well as the public means of grace. And particularly through this class, I pray to fan into flames your desire to grow in grace through your participation in the local church and the means God has provided in and through the body of Christ. Next week, we'll go on to consider the decline of the church and the West and something of a sub-point of that, the internal decline, decline due to the sins of the church. 